A groundbreaking class action lawsuit against a drug manufacturer at the center of COVID treatment controversy. We go inside the legal fight against what's been billed as the COVID-19 countermeasure remdesivir. Next. Jamie Schur is one of the attorneys representing some families who have suffered because of this drug. Jamie, thank you for being on. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I know this lawsuit was filed in state court in California just recently. You've said this wasn't just a legal commitment for you, Jamie, but a moral obligation. Just to, to explain that and, and why in California. Well, to tell you quickly, I had uh, an incident with my father back in 2014 where he was given the wrong medicine and my family, we literally watched him be poisoned to death. So with that in mind, I've always wanted to change hospital protocols and make sure that people are heard. And so when this happened, I felt just the draw like that, that I had to do something with this. And in California, we have great consumer protection laws. And it's also where Gilead is located. So those two things really help us to avoid perhaps being dismissed, which a lot of cases get dismissed and we don't want to get dismissed. I'm sorry to hear about your father. I didn't even know about that connection. Uh, tell tell our audience about the, the plaintiffs in, in this case. Their their stories, too, are, are heartbreaking. So we have two different types of classes of people. The plaintiff that survived remdesivir, he was in a coma for 30 days. He had taken one round of remdesivir, which is five dosages. And after the fifth one, he flatlined. And then they put him on a ventilator, and they put him into a coma. And 30 days later... He woke. He somehow was revived where he said about 97% of the people in that hospital that had the same protocol that he did passed away. So he's an amazing story, but is he cured? No, he has lots of problems. He cannot work like he used to. He was in construction before, and now he can't do anything he used to do. He uh, needs oxygen to get him through the night. And uh, his life is just not the same, um, but he is here and he's very grateful. Um, our other client is a widow. She was a high school sweetheart with her husband. They have three children. And, um, and even though they said, no, we don't want remdesivir, they were given remdesivir. People um, in our class action have literally written on their bodies, no remdesivir, no veclary, and they were still given it. People like myself wear a bracelet every single day, which you can get on formerfedsgroup.org, and it says, I'm allergic to remdesivir, I'm allergic to Veclavir, I'm allergic to some of these things, so they don't give it to you. But their protocols superseded all these things, and they still were given this. So there's just so much in this case that needs to come out, and it will. Alpha News reported on a Minnesota story, but this is Nicole Riggs, the story of her dad, Ralph. He died at the age of 70. The final bill for his 16-day hospital stay in Minneapolis for COVID totaled one2 million dollars. Remdesivir alone, I know, runs more than $3,000. But Ralph was was treated with remdesivir, and his family tried again and again, just as you're saying, uh, to have more effective and, and cheaper options. Uh, but that Minneapolis hospital continued to, to say no. And I know that this is a family you're representing as well. Yes. Well, we're representing, it's very, a lot of people are getting confused because the class action is for everybody. So if you were touched by this, you're part of this case. However, there's also a way to sue individually. So if your statute of limitations hasn't run out for a wrongful death 
or um, medical malpractice or medical negligence, then you might be able to bring a case against your doctors and your hospitals, um, the, the people that made these rules, these protocols in the hospital. And those cases can help ours and our case can help theirs. So we are all for everybody being a little bit litigious and, um, and bringing cases because we need everyone to have awareness. And they're still giving remdesivir to people. They're starting to give it to people outpatient. And they're, um, uh, we have, we have uh, hearsay that um, there's going to be an oral type of remdesivir that's given almost over the counter. You can go to your pharmacy and you're able to get it just like you get Tylenol PM. So basically you'll be killing yourself at home. So instead of the hospital protocols being the reason why you die, they'll still call it COVID, but you're taking a drug at home that's going to cause you problems and kill you. And what you said before about the money for the, uh, for the, the bills, we've seen anything from as low as $300,000 to over a million dollars, like you said. That, that's no joke. And that shows the reasoning behind this. Walk us through a little bit more of the complaint, what it alleges, because I think it's interesting. You're you're touching on, uh, you know, a lot, it's pretty scary to go after big pharma in any way, shape, or form. But this this is more than that: false advertising, uh, deceptive promotion, uh, etc. Well, we are going after false advertising because of the Prep Act, and we had to find a way around the Prep Act. The Prep Act basically protects big pharma, which doesn't make sense. And if you listen to an, uh, an interview that I gave recently. I, I gave an example, which I think really can hit home to all of us. If you were eating a cookie or a protein bar, 